1: Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
0: Shop now at DietzandWatson.com slash the right way.
1: That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way.
0: I can't even. Matthew. I can't,
1: I can't believe I'm being, I'm being chastised on my own podcast. So,
0: Matthew purchased the smoked salmon for today's episode which you're about to learn is about smoked salmon and he went out and bought fresh bagels this morning at a nearby bagel shop and then I Round, say boys. I say to him do you have some cream cheese and he says no so he went out and bought bagels and smoked salmon now and we have no cream cheese you're Matthew. Honor.
1: I would like to submit into evidence. Did I or did I not text you yesterday and say, "I say I'm going to get uh, smoked salmon"? Is there anything I should be sure and pick up?
0: Oh my god, dude! And then you said I'm going to get bagels. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, cream cheese is just built into that. I didn't think I had to ask for it.
1: But I don't like cream cheese, and you know this.
0: I forget. I forget that the swath of things you don't like is so broad.
1: But it's mostly creamy things. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All okay. right, can we still can we do still do the show or are we canceled? now?
0: we're canceled. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm Molly and I'm Matthew. let milk. The show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you
1: can't have any. And today we're talking about smoked salmon. Mmm. And I, I just remembered a, a memory lane. It's often like I go to I go to like put my memory lane on the agenda. I'm like I can't think of anything, and then as we're getting started, suddenly like it jogs my memory.
0: Okay. Do you remember what your memory was chalked? <laughs> no, to say? I forgot
1: it again. Okay. No, um, <laughs> years ago, um, uh, my friend Adam came up to to visit, and uh, he told me that his uh, his dad had told him. I'm not going to try and do his dad's accent, but uh, that his dad had told him, "You're going to Seattle. I want you to bring me back a fish in a box." And Adam was like, "Do you know what he was talking about?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think I can hook you up with fish in a box."
0: That's pretty great. Except that's not usually smoked salmon. That's not? I thought well, do you mean like fish in like a gift box?
1: I mean, like like a like a wooden box with smoked salmon in it.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you meant uh, like salmon packed on like ice.
1: No, not not a fresh fish.
0: Okay, got it, got it. Back when I I co-owned Delancey, our CPA
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: used to give us a uh, a whole side of smoked salmon every year nice. for, for Hot Christmas. or Cold smoked. So here's the thing: it was Atlantic smoked okay. salmon. And I feel like this to me is just an I- indicator of the fact that maybe food wasn't the most important thing to our CPA. Sure,
1: although I did get a little uh, Atlantic hot smoked salmon here today. It's uh, sustainably fished. Okay, and uh, I just the like the black pepper garnish on it looked really tasty to me, and I also liked that the brand was Foppin. <laughs> oh, sorry. Tell oh, the, not it's, the it's Norwegian. It's Norwegian. Yeah.
0: Um wait a minute. So t- okay, Matthew, let's let's really quickly uh I don't know where to begin, but I really want to taste some of this. So sure. can I just eat some and then we'll talk?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I got some Gerard and Dominique uh cold smoked wild sockeye salmon. Okay. I got some uh hot smoked Alaskan wild sockeye salmon, mm. alderwood smoked. Which would be and so good some, if I had cream uh, cheese. Bopping hot smoked Norwegian Atlantic salmon with black pepper.
0: Okay. The key differences here are hot smoked and cold smoked, and I think
1: um really tasty. Atlantic
0: yeah. salmon or Pacific salmon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: These to me are the big differences. So all right, now that I've had a little taste, i'm I'm ready to talk. My memory lane, so I have these half siblings who are a good deal older than me mm-. Mm-hmm. And they all live on the East Coast.
1: So they're Atlantic salmon.
0: Uh, and they they are. My half siblings are Atlantic salmon. And when I was growing up, if they would come visit for Christmas, as they often did before they were all married and had children of their own, they would be tasked with bringing kind of, uh, you know, the, the traditional like smoked salmon or lox. Some like sliced provolone, some good capers. I think they even brought bagels because I don't think there was a bagel shop in mm-hmm. In Oklahoma City, when I was at the age I'm thinking of, and so I remember seeing my dad and my half siblings kind of like know how to do how to put out this kind of spread that would have been cream cheese. It would have been locks, which we'll talk about in a second. I'm
1: glad because I, I wasn't sure how locks fit into the no, puzzle. No,
0: we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna fit them in. So yeah, cream cheese, locks, uh, thinly sliced tomato, thinly sliced red onion. We did provolone cheese and capers and of course I being a kid you know would would dramatically simplify but this was what we did on some Christmas mornings when I was a kid
1: excellent Mm -hmm. yeah this was a, a food that I was scared of as a kid I didn't even like like grilled salmon I don't know why and like unlike other things like kimchi that now I love and eat all the time like I still I don't dislike smoked salmon anymore at all but I never think to get it
0: yeah, I don't think to buy it often either. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad loved to fish. Uh huh. It was like his main hobby, and so twice a year he would go on these fishing trip- trips with his bros, and by which I mean his friends, not his actual brothers. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know that his brother fishes. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they would go to a place called Vallejo in New Mexico, mm-hmm. and no, Vallejo is in California. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no. They would go to a different place (laughs) in New Mexico. And I don't remember what it was called, but they would fish for trout there, which then they would smoke.
1: Wow. Did they have a smokehouse? My
0: dad had a little smoker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, they would go to Alaska. And this was like the big boys trip. Yeah. And uh, they would do salmon fishing there. And my dad would come home with a whole bunch of salmon to put in the freezer. And some of it, I believe he would also smoke.
1: Was this like fly fishing? Yes. Could I name any other types of fishing? Pole fishing? <laughs> <laughs> trawling? Troll, I was going to say trawling next also. <laughs> mm,
0: um, a reef net fishing.
1: But are these like, things, like types of fishing you would do with your bros? I feel like these are no. things you would do with like your commercial like fishing vessel. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, as a kid, smoked salmon and smoked trout were pretty normal things in my household, but Mm -hmm. I really don't remember what my parents did with them.
1: Okay. (laughs) Cool story, huh? I'm chewing, yeah.
0: I'm going to talk more in just a second. It was a great episode so
1: far. (laughs) Okay, I've tried two out of three so far.
0: I've only tried one. All right, so let's dive into smoked salmon. And along the way, we're going to discuss locks. And we're going to talk about some other stuff.
1: (laughs) We're going to swim upstream against a a current of knowledge.
0: (laughs) Yes. Here we go. So smoked salmon. Typically, it is a filet that has been cured. We're going to talk more about this in a second. Cured and then hot or cold smoked. Yeah. Okay. So it's sometimes called lox, but they're actually different things. So lox is a filet of brined salmon that may or may not be smoked. All right. Okay. Whereas smoked salmon is always smoked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right. Yeah. Got that. Also, I learned that lox, as in like L-A-X or L-A-K-S, uh, is, means salmon in Scandinavian languages.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm getting a call from Mr. Etymology. Is it okay if Mr. Etymology Please. joins in? Because I learned. So this is a thing that I want to be true, but <laughs> I'm not totally convinced is true because it's like too perfect. But- According to some articles I read, lox may be the oldest word in the English language that uh, the word in Proto-Indo-European, so like 8,000 years ago, was essentially this, pronounced the same and meant salmon.
0: Wow. That is wild to me that humans have had that long uh, a, a relationship with salmon. Yeah. Surely one of the longest relationships. <laughs> one of the longest relationships, on record. yeah.
1: But we, we yeah, like the things are getting kind of rocky. There might be a breakup.
0: And this show's been together for for almost 13 years. For, so for like
1: the you know, most of that time.
0: This is one of also the longest relationships That's in true. human history. Anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is we're not really going to be talking about locks here. We're not going to get into grove locks or how you might make locks at home. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about smoked salmon, which, as you will have noticed if you're someone who likes smoked salmon, looks, tastes, and is served in many different ways depending on where you are and what the traditions are there. Well, I'm right here. Oh, great. (laughs) Me too. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's start with North American cities on the East Coast. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there you might often find smoked salmon called Nova, after Mm -hmm. Nova Scotia smoked salmon which is quite common there. And it's likely to be sliced very thinly, as is one of the ones we've got here yep. on the plate here. Uh, so it's likely to be sliced very thinly and served often on bagels, with cream cheese, often with all the other things I mentioned. Uh-huh.
1: And, yeah, you um, just keep saying cream cheese just to like drive, drive the knife in. I do.
0: And it often has a, a fairly soft, delicate texture. Yeah. Uh, and this is because it is cold smoked. And we're going to come back around to that. So. All um, oh, right. This
1: episode came out of our smoked foods episode where we just did a really high level overview of yeah. a bunch of smoked foods.
0: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, what you think of as, uh you know, the kind of salmon that you might get. Uh, like in a New York deli or something, yeah, right. you know, is, is going to be what we're talking about here. Sliced very thinly, really delicate, probably cold smoked. And on on the East Coast, pretty much all the smoked salmon is made from Atlantic salmon.
1: That makes sense.
0: And most Atlantic salmon that enters the market it is farmed in either like Norway, Scotland, Ireland, or in, I believe it's called the Bay of Fundy, mm-hmm. which is in Eastern Canada. So that is one type of smoked salmon that that many of us have probably encountered. That said, if you've spent any time in the Pacific Northwest, you will have encountered a very different version of smoked salmon, which isn't generally sold in thin slices. In fact, it would be difficult to slice into thin slices. It is also sold in fillets, but but also like nuggets almost and like candied versions. So um, it is a hot smoked salmon which has a meatier texture uh, it's firmer uh, tends to be a little bit drier almost kind of jerky like sometimes it is primarily made from uh well it is entirely made from pacific salmon uh, and so that includes many different types so king or chinook sockeye coho pink salmon uh, often, when you see like Alaskan wild smoked sockeye, on that's what it says on this package. What what you've got there is a hot smoked product. That is yeah. what is traditional to Pacific Northwest salmon smoking.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. On the smoking smoked food show, we talked about how like hot smoking is a much older practice than it, cold smoking. Yeah, so that makes sense.
0: Yes, hot smoking is how you know First Nations Canadian people um, and also Indigenous tribes in in the U.S. the West Coast of the U.S. Uh, it, it is how they prepared or preserved salmon, right? So, uh, and then you know, of course smoked salmon is also consumed outside of the United States and Canada. Uh, In Europe, you more often encounter the more delicate, cold-smoked sliced kind. Uh, You might find it in pâtés, in quiches. I remember encountering it a lot in quiches in France. Scrambled eggs. Apparently, um, in the UK, it's served with brown bread and a squeeze of lemon. In Germany, you might find it on black bread. Um, Anyway, yeah.
1: Do you have like a preference that you know going in, like that you like hot or cold smoked salmon better?
0: To me, they serve entirely different purposes. Okay. So
1: hold on. One I've is just, a food. I've just taken another one. The other bite is like a face mask.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, this would be good with some uh, cream cheese.
0: <laughs> if I'm having a bagel with cream cheese, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I want cold smoked, like thin sliced Mm -hmm. salmon. That to me, it's easier to bite through. Mm -hmm. It has a really nice texture on top of like the chewiness of a bagel. However, if I am going to be, for instance, putting like smoked salmon, uh, crumbling it over a salad or serving it, uh, I don't know, like sometimes in Seattle at like a party or something, you will encounter a filet of smoked salmon. Oh, yeah. That's like on a board, kind of just ready to have like bits chunked off of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is... That's called a classic
1: Pacific Northwest chunk off.
0: (laughs) Um, and, And you would never eat. Like cold smoked, like thin sliced salmon in that quite that same way. I don't, I don't think, think so. I feel like these thin slices invite themselves to be put on top of other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like an eggs benedict kind of situation. Even
1: an eggs benedict.
0: Whereas uh, like I a cannot Pacific Northwest. I think of the
1: last time I had an eggs benedict Me neither because I,
0: I I struggle with that that amount of sauciness. Me too. Um. Anyway, whereas like a Pacific Northwest salmon, I mean, you might encounter like salmon jerky. That's yeah. more of a Pacific Northwest hot smoked style. And I would reach for that with a very different, uh, like wanting something very different from... Yeah.
1: I think for me, a I clearly situation. lean toward the hot smoked style. You like do? I don't, I don't dislike the cold smoked style, but like I'm not like a you know pile things on a bagel type of person generally, and mm-hmm. so like I just, I just find the hot smoked kind of more snackable.
0: Mm, the hot smoked is is fully snackable.
1: And also this this foppin hot smoked Atlantic with black pepper, I'm really digging this. It's really good.
0: It's really interesting. It has such it's a different. It's so color. oily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I would say that the Pacific Northwest like hot smoked is very um snackable. Yep. Chewy even. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just a quick overview like you know fish gets smoked. <laughs> To preserve against spoilage by microorganisms, <laughs> yeah, same reason that that other foods have been smoked. But the way
1: you said that sort of make it makes it sound like the fish is like trying to get smoked. Yeah, it just
0: leaps into the smoker. Mm-hmm. You know what? What preserves it is, of course, not just the smoke, but also you know the salt and things like that that it is cured or uh, like dry brined with before mm-hmm. it is smoked. Um, and then in the case of hot smoking, which would have been the the like older, uh, you know, in, more indigenous. Uh, Practice the heat. Also, of course, would have been great for preserving mm-hmm. and killing bacteria. So, yeah, as we mentioned, you know, indigenous peoples were smoking salmon like way before commercial fishing was going on yeah. out here. Um, and in the eighteen hundreds, before
1: before you and your dad started trawling,
0: that's right. Um, in the 1800s, the American smoked salmon industry took off on this coast, the West Coast, processing the you know, like abundance of delicious Pacific salmon from Alaska and other parts of the Pacific Northwest. But in other places, like on the East Coast, and I think this is why maybe we associate or I associate... This like thin sliced cold smoked salmon with other like sort of Jewish delicacies oh, yeah, definitely. is because smoked fish was a, a huge part of Jewish cultures in Russia and Poland. Yeah, uh, and and came in fact to the UK in the eighteen hundreds with Jewish immigrants from Russia and okay, Poland. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, the first smoked salmon. Factory? This is according to Wikipedia. This seems kind of bonkers to me, but was in what is current day Poland in the seven hundreds.
1: Wow, was that part of the Hanseatic League? The the timing is all wrong for that. I just wanted okay. to say it.
0: Great. Apparently, again, according to Wikipedia, smoked salmon was also a common dish in Greek and Roman culture. Huh? doesn't that sound weird like it's not a Mediterranean fish it's I don't like a even know water fish. like
1: if I try and like visualize like what ancient Greeks and Romans were eating like I don't even know I feel like they were eating a lot of grapes a lot of grapes
0: uh, olive oil
1: mm-hmm mostly um, those things
0: but uh, yeah again this is one situation where I'm kind of uh, inclined to take Wikipedia with a, a grain of wet brine okay dry brine
1: <laughs> grain of dry brine yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: anyway so yeah most smoked salmon that that we encounter in the U.S. I think is more in the cold smoked vein here. The like yeah, that makes sense. So I, stuff.
1: Think, I think like the hot smoked really like remains kind of like a, a Pacific Northwest specialty thing. Not that yeah. you can't find it in other places, but like if you do, it's probably like a you know imported from Oregon.
0: <laughs> I found an article from the New York Times in 1981 that was um, the headline was something like Coast Indians introduce new smoked salmon sure and it was that somebody in new york city um was importing from i it sounded like uh from someone who was a representative of maybe one of the salish peoples yeah uh had come up with some sort of a commercial operation for doing traditional hot smoked salmon and it was a a big novelty in New York yeah something I want to mention
1: before I forget like I was I was curious about the ingredients on like this uh you know hot smoked Alaskan sockeye um and wondering if it was gonna be like a long ingredient list it is not it is smoked sockeye salmon brown sugar salt
0: that is delightful not bad at all that's great
1: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: When we say cold smoked, what we mean is like around 99 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. So it's not like cold air. But it's also is, is not Is that what hair. the
1: Suzanne Vega song is about?
0: That's exactly okay. right. Uh, do you do you mean My Name is Luca?
1: <laughs> That's the song I meant, yes. <laughs> my
0: I live name on the second Nova. floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I live upstairs from you. Uh, Can you smell my smoked fish?
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you smell something late at night. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. Okay. Very, very serious song about a very serious topic.
0: So, cold smoking obviously doesn't cook the fish, which is part of why the texture stays really delicate. All right? So, yeah. Uh, And then Pacific Northwest smoked salmon. Apparently, I don't know if this is the case for all smoked salmon but i read this about pacific northwest hot smoked salmon that you not only need to brine it but then allow sufficient time for drying before you hot smoke it otherwise the albumin comes out of the fish and
1: looks nasty that makes sense like we talked about this like uh like you have to develop a pellicle on the yes, fish skin yes that's exactly right for for like the smoke to stick to so it's like partly um
0: partly aesthetic, a- aesthetic, and, aesthetic and, partly...
1: and partly functional
0: okay i was finding many different methods of brining that are done. I don't really understand why
1: they're mm-hmm. done when. Fly brining, trawling.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems that uh, some some things happen with wet brining. <laughs> some things <laughs> happen. But um, it seems to me that a lot of smoked salmon, certainly salmon preserving in general, is very often done with a dry rub or what we might call a dry brine. That I makes understand. sense. Like, Well, think of gravlax, which again is not smoked. But that's a dry rub. Uh, this, I think, I remember this, my
1: parents making that once.
0: Me too. And this Alaskan hot smoked salmon, which has just brown sugar, salt, and salmon, this would have been a dry, a dry yeah, cure. That makes sense. What is the difference between curing and dry brining? Oh,
1: so curing, I think, has to have some sort of curing salt in it, like a like a nitrate.
0: Okay, okay, that definitely does go into some smoked mm-hmm. salmon's. Apparently, uh, according to Wikipedia, again, native peoples on the west coast of the U.S., they cured their salmon before hot smoking, and it was a particular type of curing called kippering.
1: I I, this right? I'm definitely familiar with that word, but I don't know what it means as opposed to like other types of smoked fish.
0: Okay, great. Anyway, I'm sure there's a ton-
1: Kippered herring is definitely a thing my dad would eat.
0: Oh, yes. It's one of those old world food Mm -hmm. in jars. I bet there's a lot of stuff that I have not thought of to research on this topic. But for me, it was really helpful. I don't think, even though I've now lived in Seattle for 20 years, I don't think I ever considered why it is that the smoked salmon I see most often here is so different from what I encounter on the East Coast. I don't think I really
1: thought about it either. And like, yeah, no, like of, so we tried three different kinds. Like the the hot smoked Atlantic salmon was my favorite just because it's the fattiest Um, I wonder if it's because it was farmed. uh, Probably. But I mean, all of them are good.
0: I mean, this is not to say, I mean, wild salmon can be extremely fatty, but I think that is one thing that is often uh, a way of getting like flavor. Into yeah, no, and I think
1: I chose, I chose sockeye salmon. salmon for the other ones because I knew it would be like local-ish and is like, you know, I, I feel like it's probably the most flavorful yes. of, of the salmons. Um, like king salmon is certainly the fattiest of the, of the uh, Western salmons.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you um, and mean the Pacific salmon? The Pacific
1: salmons. But like, I, I don't know if I've seen, I'm sure, I'm sure like smoked king salmon exists. I haven't really seen it because I think it tends to be sold for, for like eating fresh because it's like a premium item mm-hmm. and would probably be quite expensive mm-hmm. smoked.
0: If you go to farmer's markets here in Seattle, there's almost always at least one vendor yes. of smoked salmon and like all different things. Like you could find like a maple smoked salmon or a brown sugar smoked salmon, Different types of salmon, and and I venture to guess that that all, if not almost all of those, are going to be hot smoked.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do feel like if you think of Seattle and think smoked salmon, like we're actually not going to let you down in that department because I went to QFC, like my local like regular supermarket, and there were like twenty products to choose from.
0: Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, so do you ever buy this stuff? How do you eat it? What do you do with it?
1: This is the first time I bought it, like probably in twenty years. <laughs>
0: Me too. I go through periods where occasionally I'll be like, I should eat more fish.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do the same thing.
0: And so I'll buy like some smoked trout or some smoked salmon because I feel like it's something I really enjoy eating and it requires no cooking. But I don't tend to cook with it. Uh, I mean, I've certainly had quiches, as I mentioned in France, that had uh, smoked salmon. Fantastic. I would never think of making a salad with this. But that I, would be really, really intense. But it, it does happen, No, right? I mean like a mayonnaise-based salad. Oh, no, I don't that think so. That should never happen. It's like too potent.
1: Yeah. I definitely would... We're going to hear from the person who does, though.
0: I definitely would toss this into like a green salad, though. That's a fantastic yeah, that idea. Yeah, And yeah, I think one thing that I really love about Pacific Northwest... Hot smoked salmon is, is truly how snackable it is.
1: Yeah, no. I now I've got a bunch of this left, and I'm I'm excited to have this lurking in my fridge.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have any new ideas for how you're going to use it?
1: Oh boy, like real way to put me on the spot. Like I feel like this is the kind of question that that uh, like people used to ask me back when I was a food writer.
0: Mm. Do you see any trends? I See any
1: trends? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think um, I'm going to say smoothies. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're full of, they're full of like you know omega three fatty acids and like things that people want in their smoothies. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: You know, no no preservatives other than like nat- natural wood smoke.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Sign me up. Okay. Well, this has been our smoked salmon episode, and uh, I feel like I kind of learned a lot.
1: I, I feel like I did too, honestly, and that's not what I expect from that, this show.
0: That is not what I expect from this show either. You know, Matthew, do we have any spilled mail this time? You know I what? don't Think we do.
1: We Can actually I? do.
0: Oh, we do? Oh, we do? This
1: came in this morning. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to just both look at each other, like, in a puzzled way. Okay, I'm ready. This comes from listener Gina, and the subject is Redundant Desserts Question. You know, when you have guests and they both bring their famous brownies or their apple pies or their babka, is it just me or does it become a quiet little competition? Do you eat them both, yin yanging them on your plate? Do you finish one and then start the other or go back and forth? And do you have to praise them equally? What exactly is the etiquette of redundant desserts? XOXO Gina. My question to you, Molly, has this ever happened to you in your life? This
0: has never happened to me me in my life. Gina
1: Gina sounds like she lives like an amazing life where people are always coming over and bring you desserts.
0: <laughs> this is a, this is a way of life I had never considered.
1: Now you're going to be having a baby soon, yeah, um, and I bet people yeah. are going to bring you food. I really Maybe hope you'll so. get some redundant desserts. I think we. I I'm going to bring you food for I, sure. I think
0: we may even have one of those meal train things. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, please. I mean, I would love to have some redundant desserts, and and I think that I, I look forward to navigating the tricky social waters. Of redundant desserts, you know. I'm thinking about it, and I I think that it never happens to me. And if we're going over to somebody's house and we offer to bring something, you know, inevitably only one family is asked to bring dessert. And therefore, yeah, this still just doesn't happen.
1: No, but I wish it did. And thank you. Thank you, listener Gina, for bringing this problem to our attention.
0: Thank you for giving us something to aspire to. (laughs)
1: Um, I feel like I feel like Gina is even kind of a fancy name. Yeah. 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 So I have I have like a full mental image of listener Gina's amazing life. And uh, and I'm going to carry it with me all day. Wonderful. Do you have a now but wow? I sure do.
0: So Matthew, do you ever find? I, I think you listen to a lot more podcasts than I do. But do you ever have ones that, like, you know, are going to be really good and you save them? Like, now is not the right time. Sure. And, yeah. So I had this one from the Ezra Klein show. This one episode that I have literally saved for. Well, as of this taping, I had saved it for almost a year. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was an episode, the title of it was Two Acclaimed Writers on the Art of Revising Your Life. Oh, I like that. Okay, so um, yeah, this was an episode from November 9th, 2021. I feel like my life
1: could use quite a bit of revision.
0: Well, this is a fantastic episode. What what it is is um, when Ezra Klein was on paternity leave, he uh, designated uh, some other other people he admires to host the show, basically, and do whatever they wanted with his show. And one of the people he invited was Tressie McMillan Cottom, mm-hmm. who is a fantastic writer, really—I I don't know if she identifies as a cultural critic, but I, I just feel like that—that that fits for the way I think I, about yeah, her work. Sure. Anyway, she invited on to be her guest, uh, the writer Kiese Lehman, who is the author of the memoir uh, *Heavy*. Uh, the book Long Division, uh, another book called, I believe, uh, How to Kill Other How to Kill Yourself and Others in America, or something. Okay. No, I'm messing that title up. Forgive me. All right. Anyway, here's the deal. Basically, you get this long conversation between the two of them, both of them writers, both of them black Americans, talking about their relationship to revision as like not only a a writer's practice, but as like revision as a way of like reckoning with history Sure. So revision in the idea of like a, a way of living, being willing to reconsider your past actions, uh, your complicity in certain things. And they even touched on like um, an essay that KSA Lehman at one point wrote about Michael Jackson and one that he wrote, I think, about N.W.A. And and he has gone back and revised those in light of. Like changing perspectives that he has in relation to these artists. So it was really interesting to think about, I think especially well for many reasons but also uh, in the whole idea of like what do we do with art by monstrous people oh, by people who we've canceled
1: this, this is a this is a very active conversation in my house or at yeah. least like like it's one of the last like big conversations that teenager of the show December and I had uh, like before before I sent them off to college and now they can have those conversations yeah. with their college friends
0: well so it, it touches on all kinds of stuff i mean what it you know what it means to be um, to be a black southern american writer, uh, like what it means to be a country that doesn't like to look at its history. Mm-hmm. And then also these interesting questions about art and like, how do we deal with art that we have loved when we change our minds about the people who made it? So it's a fantastic interview. Well worth a listen. It is from the Ezra Klein Show on November 9th, 2021. And we will link to it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, which you can now easily get to on our website, Spilled Highly recommend. So ask me what I'm snacking. <laughs> good good transition, huh?
0: Sorry, I was drinking some water. What you snacking, Matthew?
1: Hey, what you snacking? You gotta tell me what you snacking. Or I'll release the cracking. So what you snacking? What you snacking? I am once again snacking on a cookie made by Watzel from the from the cookbook "100 Cookies" by Sarah Kiefer, and uh, these are the chocolate sugar cookies. We made them to put into a care package uh, for Totsy, but uh, of course, like saved some to eat ourselves. And there, I was kind of skeptical of them because, like, even though chocolate is my favorite thing in the world, like, you know, there are some things where I hear like where you know, I feel like if someone someone says I took this and added chocolate to it, like, I, I I'm thinking like. Did Did that really need chocolate? Like, do we need to put chocolate in everything? And in this case, the answer is yes, because, like, this is just a really good chewy sugar cookie with some cocoa powder in it. It's got, like, great texture and great chocolate flavor, and uh, it's in the book 100 Cookies by Sarah Kiefer.
0: I'm not snacking anything particularly notable. That's fine. But I'll try to smoked do better salmon. next time. Yeah, smoked salmon. I'm sorry. We, we don't
1: both have to be snacking something every week.
0: I mean, I'm always snacking, but it's just not always very interesting.
1: Yeah. I also I also got a big bag of peanut butter MMs. Oh
0: yes. Wait, peanut butter as opposed to peanut? Yes. Wow. Okay. All right.
1: It replaced a, a bag of peanut MMs that we just finished. Okay.
0: I love peanut butter MMs and I' I'm sure, I know we've done an episode on this, but I prefer them over Reese's Pieces.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Although sometimes I really get a craving for Reese's Pieces specifically. Mm, I don't. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, Our producer is Abby Circatella.
1: Who never gets a craving for Reese's Pieces, I'm going (laughs) to bet.
0: You can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yep. Please uh, subscribe to Molly's newsletter. It's, uh, it's called I've Got a Feeling, and it's at mollyweisenberg.substack.com.
0: And you can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners on our subreddit. That is reddit.com slash r slash everythingspilledmilk.
1: So until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, uh, the show that we're trawling for, for jokes. <laughs>
0: And the net's coming up empty.
1: I'm Matthew amster
0: I'm Molly Weisenberg. Me too. Um, bless you. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh,
1: Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.